and I wanted to just make it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to survive uh, my chaos, and the way that I the way that I was able to do that was to consistently remind myself of the truth of the gospel um, and why I was doing this, um, even though it was really, really hard. Uh, and sometimes I feel so lost, sometimes even hour to hour, that I'll go back to that truth, especially like specific truths, and really cling to that or remember that I had dealt with that in the past. Welcome everyone to Bring Kids Home, a TBHC foster care and adoption production. I'm Jason, TBHC's president. We're excited you're joining us today to hear stories about how any one of us, including you, can make a difference in a child's life. Today's podcast is sponsored by, well, this podcast. We are preparing to transition from this name to a new one next year. And I'm excited about the opportunities it will give to tell more stories that impact our mission. Our guest today is Carly Pancake. She grew up in Middletown, Delaware, and has lived in Denton, Texas for the last six years. Carly and her husband started out as foster parents, and now they have two adopted children, Kendrick and KK, and one biological son, Eli. She would describe her story as redemptive, challenging, sanctifying, and beautiful. Carly wants to share her story to let people know that just because something is hard, it doesn't mean it has to be bad. She wants foster and adoptive families to know that they are doing beautiful, holy, hard work that is incredibly important. We can't wait to dive deeper into her story today. Our conversation today was recorded in front of a live audience at TBHC's first ever conference, Fostering Success. I'm pretty sure everyone had an amazing time. So, it will sound a little different and exciting. Now, stick around and hear how stories of faith and family help bring kids home. Well, hi everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We are doing our very first live recording of Bringing Kids Home. I have an incredible guest with me today, Carly Pancake. I can tell you that she needs almost no introduction with a last name like Pancake. It is amazing. So I'm really excited you're joining us today and sharing your story. So thank you for coming on with me. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us your bringing kids home story. So... Our story happened relatively quickly. Uh, we had opened up our home uh, for foster care, hoping to be a home to kids uh, for however long they needed. And that turned into two forever placements pretty much right away. So um, 2018, we adopted our son Kendrick, who was nine. Mm. And 2019, we adopted our daughter, who was 14. And that was over the course of two years. My husband had just... Um, he had just graduated from seminary, and we were both working full-time as a youth pastor and a teacher. So I was teaching Spanish at the local high school. Um, so we were very busy with wow. two teen teenagers, preteens, um, just pursuing connection with them, but pretty busy. And then COVID hit mm -hmm. <laughs> in 2020, and it was um, a time—well, I— I was equal parts terrified, 
um, and relieved, terrified because we were going to have to spend every waking moment together, and relieved because we got to spend every waking moment together. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be really helpful for us. Uh, so as we entered in that time, uh, we really pursued connection with one another. We were going on bike rides. I think everybody probably relates to this. Like we wanted to get out of the house during COVID. Yep. Um, and so we were going on bike rides. We were going on walks. We were playing games. We were playing Fortnite, <laughs> um, watching movies. And it just really bonded us as a family of four together. Um, and I realized during that time that my busyness was distracting me from the trauma and the hardship that was in our home. And I, was, I wanted there to be busyness to distract me from that. Mm -hmm. And so God used COVID to bring me to a place where I could pursue healing for my kids, which eventually led to me pursuing healing for me. Uh, because as Mark said, we are not the savior of our kids situations. Um, and I had to really realize that I also was in need of a savior. Uh, and so I, we opened up our home to kids in foster care to provide a home for them. And we, I ended up, I felt like God just taught me how to find my home in him. Yeah, so that's really powerful. You talked about pursuing healing and Honestly, I don't think there's a better subject for any of us to discuss than the pursuit of healing in our life. In fact, our mission statement is to care for children and families by offering stability, discovering self-worth, and achieving true healing in Christ. It's, it's a journey. It's not necessarily a destination. I'd love for you to elaborate on pursuing healing for us. What, what did that look like for you? Yes, yeah, so... It uh, looked like counseling. Um, it looked like counseling not just for my kids, but for me. Um, it looked like, con like waking up every day with the goal of providing safety and love for my kids in different ways. So being creative about how to provide that safety, especially during a time, the time of COVID, which was really unpredictable yeah. and, and kind of scary for kids who had come from hard places. Um, trying to build in stability during that time um, and provide my emotional um, presence with them. Um, and ultimately to point them to Christ in whatever ways that I could. So whether that was reading scripture together is like a pretty obvious one, but Really, it was the consistent showing up um, with my kids in their hardship, in their trauma meltdowns, in whatever was going on, um, being there with them. Yeah. Um, I think we underestimate the value of just being with people who are struggling. Um, and that, that's what I tried to focus on with the healing because I couldn't provide the healing myself. Yeah, yeah. Do you mind being a little vulnerable with us and sharing maybe one of those moments of being with them in that moment? Yes. Um, so a lot of times um, a struggle in our family would end with a child in their room mm. uh, begging us 
to leave them alone. Yeah. Um, and it was um, hard to hear that coming from them because you care so deeply for them and for their well-being and for um, them to feel safe. And it almost feels like you're providing the opposite. Uh, like they don't feel safe in that mm -hmm. moment. Um, and so it just feels so overwhelming to even hear that coming from another room. Um, and so one way that we have pursued that being with our kids is just sitting outside their door until they're ready. Um, and not in a like pressuring way, yeah. <laughs> but just letting them know I am here, I love you, um, and I have a snack, <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> wait, wait. Let's pause there, a snack. Does everyone in this room know how important snacks are for your kids? Yes, yes. Particularly it, something crunchy. Yes. Uh, or a cold drink mm -hmm. uh, with a straw. Yeah. is life-changing. Who knew? I know that snacks are life-changing for me, but I don't know if they are for everybody. Yeah. Well, it, and it's amazing because one of the things that uh, I think we, this podcast isn't just for y'all listening today. It's for people who just tune in, but uh, blood sugar is a real thing, especially for kids because they just run through it so quick. And when they're, when they're top blows and they're everywhere, a little snack can transform their behavior in a moment. And it can cause you to be playful in that moment. So yeah. if, so for instance, if I am in a hard situation with one of my kids and they are resistant to talking with me or even, even just like engaging with me in any way, mm -hmm. um, I'll put a goldfish on my nose. Be like, I wonder if I can get this goldfish to get in my mouth. Like, I'm completely ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm sure that my kids would tell you all that I'm crazy sometimes in those moments because I, I will just talk about nonsense. Like, I'll find something in the room and be like, wow, this painting really reminds me about whatever um, it is because just talking about something else can kind of yeah. bring, ground them and bring them back to reality. Um, but all of that felt so foreign to me as, I mean, I, I grew up in a very stable home. I, um, and so I did not understand what was happening with the, with the trauma meltdowns or trauma, trauma responses. Um, so, so getting, getting an understanding, understanding of what was happening and being able to respond in a way that was not only Jesus-focused, but also trauma-informed, yep. Uh, was, was life-changing for our family. Hi, I'm Laurie Henthorne, Donor Engagement Manager at TBHC Foster Care and Adoption. Did you know that there are over 6,000 children waiting for adoption in Texas today? And did you know that there are only about 1,000 willing foster adoptive homes licensed and available to them? These children are coming from hard places and are needing a place to heal. We at TBHC strive to provide homes where they'll feel safe and loved and where they can begin their healing process. What if you could play a part in changing these statistics? TBHC depends on people like you to help change the course of these children's lives. You could open your heart and home to them. 
Or you could come alongside them and help provide for the parent's training or for specialized therapy for a child through your financial support. We invite you to visit our website, tbhc.org, to find out more about us, hear inspiring stories and ways to pray for TBHC families, and to find out how you can be a part of bringing kids home. It, it has really informed your passion, and you know your passion has come out in writing, obviously. So uh, talk to us a little bit about what led into the production of sharing your heart on paper, if you will, figuratively, I mean, goodness gracious, the century we're in, it's not just on paper. So, but sharing your heart in the written word, talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, I have always been a writer. I have all of my journals from the time I was in third grade. Um, and so it's the way that I process. And so I had stopped when things were getting really rough in our family, I had stopped because I felt so overwhelmed by the chaos. Um, and I, I knew that there were other people somewhere that were struggling with the same things. And we had adopted older kids. Um, and I would be like up late at night like Googling like what to do when you adopt a 14-year-old and they are doing this specific thing. And like nothing would come up, um, which obviously that is a very specific request. Like, I don't know why I thought yeah. that Google would help me with that, but um, I wanted to be able to provide some kind of solidarity with yeah. other people, um, and I wanted to just make it. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to survive uh, my chaos, and the way, that I, the way that I was able to do that was to consistently remind myself of the truth of the gospel um, and why I was doing this, um, even though it was really, really hard. Uh, and sometimes I feel so lost, sometimes even hour to hour, that I'll go back to that truth, especially like specific truths, and really cling to that or remember that I had dealt with that in the past. So it's just, it's honestly more for me than it is for anyone else, just a process and um, I hope, and my, it's my hope and encouragement that it would help other people and make them feel less alone. Yeah. Um, and then with my devotional, that just kind of, I, I became obsessed, not in a weird way, but uh, with Isaiah 58 um, because of how encouraging it was to me. Um, it, it promises us that when we are near the brokenhearted, that the Lord will be, we, that we will become like a well-watered spring. Yeah. And that, that kind of good news to me, like, oh, I'm, I, I can deliver that kind of goodness to my kids even because I have access to the Father. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, and I just wanted to share that with other people because I knew that other people were dealing with the same kind of chaos. Yeah. I mean, yes, everyone's dealing with that. Right? Right? Um, you know, last night, I got a chance to share with everybody, and this phrase I've been working on, so y'all get to hear it again or for the first time, children's chaos requires parents' peace because the, the home environment that we all want to cultivate is, is peace. At least that's what I want. When we come home, I'm escaping from the burdens of the world, if you will. And most of us are afraid to bring chaos into that. But our kids 
our kids in foster care desperately need that peace that we can offer. And of course, it's not ours. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christ's peace he gives to us. So anyway, if kids are going to transform their chaos, it has to come from parents giving their peace that only God has given us. And that peace cannot be interrupted by their chaos. Yep. Like, we have to, we cannot rely on them for our peace. We That's have right. to rely on the Lord for that. Yeah. Are there moments that you felt like you did? Like, and I'll, there's so many things that could be shared from each one of you in the, the crowd today is the kids being grateful is something that we can't rely on. There's probably this secret little back of our brain where we'd all love to hear them say thank you, right? But we can't rely on that. It, was there a moment for you of awakening for, to that? Um, lots of awakening. <laughs> um, I... I really enjoy helping people, um, but sometimes if I get into a health, an unhealthy space, I really just am looking for the gratitude behind that um, mm -hmm. help instead of finding my approval in Christ. Yeah. Um, and so that's something I work on, not just with my kids, but with in my daily life. Um, but yeah, I, I think like Remembering the scripture of Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary of doing good, yeah. for in due time you will re reap a harvest, um, for in God's timing you will reap a harvest, right? Like, so that harvest is not necessarily going to be right in front of us. We're going to be planting and planting and, and, and watering and, you know, doing all the work that's involved with loving kids that come from these really awful past, you know, and yeah. just, we're not going to immediately see that sprout. It's just, and we might see like a little tiny little guy and we need to celebrate that when we do see a tiny little guy, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, but like what Mark, I thought what Mark said earlier about our goal not being the positive outcomes, our goal be, is being faithful. Yeah. Um, and that has been something that I have clung to. Like, even when I'm rejected, my love is rejected. Yeah. Even when it's pushed back in my face, I can, I can rely on the love of the Lord. And I can also um, continually be faithful to what he has called me to because of what he has done for me. Amen. Amen. That's really good. Um, I'm going to ask a conclusion question in a second, but what are some of the ways that people could connect with you, read, read the blog, all that kind of stuff? What, what are some of those ways? Yeah, so I have a, a blog called, it's just carlypancake.com. My name starts with a K. Um, and then my book is self, my devotional is self-published. So it, if you look it up, it's called Rebuild and Restore, mm -hmm. and it's available out there if you want to check it out. Um, and I also uh, will be working with Hope Local in the fall, so if you want to look for me there, um, <laughs> um, I'm going to be helping them with some stuff. So That's awesome. Well, and the links to all those things will be in the description of this podcast, too. So to kind of sum up, you know, if there was one thing that you wish everyone knew about foster care, adoption, what would that be?
It really, foster care and adoption really does give you the opportunity to preach the gospel with your life. And in, in doing so, you will find the presence of God um, so near, near to you, um, even when it's really difficult. That's what I would want people to know. Yeah, awesome. Uh, anything that I didn't ask you that you wish I had asked you? Um, I don't think so. I just want to say that um, we didn't get to be in the foster care world for very long because we adopted our kids pretty quick. But I just really appreciate you guys as foster parents, appreciate your work, um, and you're getting up and doing daily work for, um, for the good of your kids and for the glory of God. And I just really think it's amazing. So... Carly, thank you so much for joining us today. Y'all help me thank Carly. That was so good. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with today's guests or any of our previous guests, you can go to podcast at tbhc.org. That's podcast at tbhc.org. Leave a recommendation to another guest for our show. Leave us a five-star review wherever you listen. And to all of you out there, thanks for helping bring kids home.